Have you ever wanted to be a host on an ACA show or be the one calling the shots behind the scenes? Are you in Austin, Texas or at least Austin adjacent? Well, on Saturday, February 25th, make your way down to the Free Thought Library because we'll be holding open auditions for show hosts and orientations for prospective crew members. For those wanting to be hosts, you'll be able to sit in the studio where our shows are broadcast and we'll put you through your paces to see if you can be one of the new personalities of the ACA. For future crew members, you'll get hands-on experience using the equipment used for broadcast and will help us record the host auditions. If you've ever dreamed of being part of the ACA Productions, then this is your chance to show us what you've got. This event is free. For more information and registration, visit tiny.cc slash ACA Auditions. It's time to get sexy on Secular Sexuality. Welcome to Secular Sexuality, the ACA show edging ever closer to one hell of a climax. I'm Christy Powell, and if you missed our announcement last week, I'm sorry to say this will be our last episode before taking a brief refractory period. Rest assured, dear lovers, it's not you, it's us. And after nearly five years of ongoing togetherness, a little absence may make the heart grow fonder. So before I get any more choked up, uh, the five of us, plus the sin sage in our hearts, are going to be speaking about some of our favorite moments, uh, some of our most important takes takeaways and our hottest memories. So please give us a call while you can at 512-991-9272 because it is once again time to get sexy and the rest of the show is coming right now. Right, Miss O, you're up first. Tell us, how'd you get mixed up in all this? Um, they found me. I was originally on as a guest with Black Widow Burlesque, and we filmed in my library, which just over there. <laughs> um, and that was in what 2019. Um, and I got my uh, five timers jacket because I was a guest multiple times over. And then eventually they were like, "Why don't you just stay?" And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> Wait, there's a jacket? What? No, there isn't really a jacket. Oh. But we talked about it because some people remember old Saturday Night Live live joke uh, <laughs> and I was going to make a jacket and I have not had time to make it so that's kind of <laughs> I am down for some crafting we need to make some jackets for sure <laughs> so besides jackets and SNL jokes which I am a big fan of what's one thing that still has you turned on from SecX after all this time um, I think one of the things that stands out to me most about the show is that it has made this kind of communal space for people who are all far-flung reaches of the planet and often pretty isolated in their identities and beliefs. And I think it's like this virtual hub where people can find someone to talk to and confide in for things that in their, you know, like local communities, families even, they don't have. And I think that's probably one of the strongest and most powerful things about the show, at least to me. <laughs> Completely agree. I think that's super important. And Erin, uh, what about you? What's turning you on? What's turning me on uh, specifically about secular sexuality? Um, yes. Unless I, you want to share other things too. Well, I think this is on my mind right now. So let's just go there. Um, <laughs> what I have loved about the show and what always gets me turned on is that 
I came out of a like a pretty conservative Christianity, purity culture that works. I've told my story. Other people have had the same kind of experience. And when you come out of something like that, you have so many questions. And sometimes you don't even you don't even know what questions to ask. So when I started watching secular sexuality, um, first of all, there was questions that were answered right on like right on the show. But I think more importantly is that it kind of sparked this curiosity that I was, you know, I'd never really gotten into before. So what I really love about the show and what has been really, really good for me is seeing people from all different kind of er- all different kinds of areas explaining um, how they kind of express themselves sexually, whether it's like the job that they're in or just experiences that they've had. So I think what turns me on is just learning and just watching and getting ideas on what I should look into further and the resources for that too. So I think, yeah, I like to learn. It is a bit of a turn on. I'm a sapiosexual, if you will. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's, that's what turns me on about this show. And this is why we get along so well. You and I are similar in that way. (laughs) We do love to nerd out even about sex. And I'm wondering, do you have a particular moment in mind from the show that you're thinking of? Yes, definitely. Um, I, I want to show a clip of this episode that I found fascinating. And it was when we had, um, the dominatrix Chloe Manson on. And I, that was one thing that I, I had had questions about and I'd been curious about and I'd done some reading, but I really loved getting to hear um, straight from from her mouth what her job is like. Yeah, let's see it. Let's uh, let's jump right into it because I am very excited to learn about what you do. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest, when I was like writing questions, preparing for this interview, I, I had to keep going back because I realized that like half of the things that I was talking about were just dumb stereotypes that I saw from like 90s sex comedies <laughs> and, and honestly like the butt of the joke in a lot of ways. So yeah. rather than just debunking all of that, I, I want to get your elevator pitch. I mean, what does it mean in 2022 to be a professional dominatrix? Yeah, um, you know, it means helping people explore themselves. Um, yeah, I was actually talking about this yesterday. You know, a lot of people don't find work fulfilling. Mm. Um, but I personally find my work incredibly fulfilling, you know, when clients laugh or cry during a session or, you know, at the end, they're like, I can't believe this. You know, you've opened my eyes and my world. You know, you've made me feel so great. I'm on cloud nine, etc. cetera. Um, and it's just teaching people and giving them that experience and especially in a safe and educated way. That's a great clip. Hey, Christy and Phoebe, fancy seeing you two here. Shocker, that one. (laughs) Right? This is great. Well, I am about to ask y'all the same questions that I just asked our previous two hosts. So get ready for prying personal questions. I'm going to start with you, Phoebe. What has SecX been doing to turn you on? Well, it did a lot to help me just explore who I am. And if you've seen any of the episodes that I'm on, they are very trans heavy episodes. I mean, there's even an entire episode where the whole show is just going out on a date with me. And that was one of my most cathartic things I've ever done in my life because I was the subject and I was on it and it was just a fabulous thing to do. And I'd seen other trans women on the show. So I'd seen Arden of Eden, I'd seen Katie Montgomery, and then seeing that representation and then realizing in that episode, I was that representation that I had seen. It was me. I was the representation that I'd been asking about, wanting to see. And it was it was me. I was now that representation and it was really a wonderful yet odd and cathartic moment it reminds me of when Jerry Springer said why did I go and see Jerry Springer the opera (laughs) well I loved that episode as well and it was one of the best dates I've ever been on so thank you for having me along on it (laughs) 
<laughs> that was fantastic. And if people haven't watched that one, they need to. There's some some good show and tell and everything else that happens. Start waving around vaginal stents at the point. <laughs> yes, it, it was fabulous. <laughs> Alrighty, so Christy, how about you? You've been on here for, what is it, almost five years now? Are you still turned on? And I cannot hear your audio. Well, I apologize, but I'll say that in all of that time, so many sexy conversations with so many different types of folks. Uh, it was really incredible to meet some of the guests that we had. But as, uh, as somebody who, when I first became a therapist, studied a lot of hypnosis, the episode that we did with Eve of Eve's Garden about erotic hypnosis and getting to like dive into that conversation, getting to introduce the world or at least our corner of it to the the idea of like a hands-free hypnotically triggered orgasm, I think blew a lot of people's minds. Uh, and so that that's definitely a, uh, a moment of pride and something I still get turned on by. Um, I'll always be proud of the uh, summer where we had uh, Alice Little, the uh, number one grossing legal ex uh, escort in the United States, immediately before we had Amberly Rothfield, who was the number one phone sex operator in the country at the time. Incredibly proud moments. Amberly then introduced us to Sin Sage, who came in and had this remarkable conversation with us about girl on girl porn and how that may be different from lesbian in porn and the idea of like porn actually made from made by and for lesbians uh and then probably the sexiest moment in all my time at secular sexuality was when uh our producer greg and i actually got to go on site and watch some of that girl on girl porn being made uh that's a that's a memory that i'll hold on to for the rest of my life i mean you're turning me on just saying all those words oh you're yeah no in that I order mean, they're pretty good well i mean yeah i mean oh, the lady juices in me they are flowing <laughs> basement flooded um excellent Oof. Excellent clean up, content. Clean up in the sauna. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I've been around naked people. I have uh, interviewed people in lingerie before, but there is definitely something about sitting on a couch you just watch somebody fuck on to then ask them about their ambitions, to ask them about you know politics and ethics and morality. Uh, that was a, a really beautiful moment. That is outstanding, and and I love how you describe that too. It's sexy and it's also smart. Which which I think personally describes the show. I hope it does. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, that's our, that's our story now. But it might be fun if we took a minute to go in the way, way back machine and take a look at the, uh, the early adolescent, dare I say, gangly baby giraffe in roller skates years of the show. Should we roll that early clip? Let's get it out of the way. <laughs> It's time to get sexy on Secular Sexuality. Hello and welcome to Secular Sexuality. I am Megan and with me is my co-host. Howdy, I'm Christy. And... 
Today is our launch. How are you feeling about that? Hey, I am super excited. We've been doing this for a couple of weeks now for uh, a lot of people who are close to the ACA, and we're really excited to be out there wide and to get to meet all of y'all and show you what we've been working on. Yeah, we've got a lot of fun stuff. Um, today's going to be more a an introduction to us and uh, some fun shenanigans we have planned. Um, not too much serious stuff today, um, but that's not to say that we won't get serious at some point. <laughs> yeah, so so what then is us if we're introducing us, right? I mean, definitely shenanigans. Mentioned yes. that, covered that. Yes. Going to be some shenanigans. Yes, for sure. Um, I do believe we are also uh, discussing some educational side of things, especially for those people who are coming out of religion. Sex is not necessarily something they were told much about um, or were told not to do. Yeah, we're kind of not allowed to talk about it, right? We're allowed to use it in our advertising for everything from shampoo and gum and whatever the hell else. M&M's. Right, exactly. <laughs> Strong sexuality. That green M&M. You're not wrong. It is sexy. You're not wrong. Is that sexy. is a yes. sexy M&M. It is. Welcome to Hi. getting to know us, by the way. Now yes. you know a little bit more about me than you maybe <laughs> wanted to right out the gates. But uh, hey. yeah, it's a sexy M&M. It is. Uh, so yeah, yeah, we're, we're here to, to talk about sexuality in a way that uh, we don't often get to. <gasps> From the dancing to the, to be very clear, pre-Tucker Carlson green M&M references. Uh, yeah, okay. That's a fun clip to watch uh how how does that strike y'all how does that live up to what this show has become well personally i'm a little disappointed you promised gangly awkwardness and i really <laughs> don't think it was that awkward so no it was it was really good actually it was you could feel the excitement in the air on that first date oh uh -huh. so you you get a pass i i would never call someone <laughs> awkward because you know have you met me uh, yes <laughs> But I, yeah, I, I think that was a great setup to the show. And I remember when that was new and being super excited about it. And I still am. So as far as relationships go, this one's lasted a pretty long time, I think. Yeah. Well, let me uh, ask y'all. I mean, uh, Kara, what has been some of the, I don't know, bigger moments on this show for you? Or, uh, or maybe in particular, something that you feel really proud of here? Oh, man, I just feel really privileged uh, and honored to have been able to be a part of it. Um, I remember just thinking this show was great uh, back before I was on it. And then I was so pumped to get to be on it uh, and then to get to stick around and host some shows. Every single one uh, that I've been able to be a part of has been so much fun and I have learned so much. It's hard for me to really even pick one. I'm thinking back to uh, a couple of the, the early episodes. I mean, they're all so good. I absolutely loved the one where we talked about bad sex education with Janice Selby. Mm -hmm. And we just laughed and laughed for a couple of hours and got to hear from all sorts of callers about the, the silly experiences they had. And it was kind of one of those cathartic episodes where maybe we didn't talk about that much super serious stuff, but we had a really good time and, and got to discuss some things that maybe people had forgotten about or hadn't thought about in a while or had been afraid to mention to anybody else. And so so it was it was a lot of fun. But um, you know, we've we've had some other episodes too that 
I think we're, you know, we get into serious issues that, you know, talk about really current social events. And then we have others that are just a lot of fun. So yeah, I guess that's a long way of saying, I kind of like them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, uh, I think we're going to take a look at a clip from that Vagina Shame episode here in just a moment. Uh, Phoebe, was there anything that you wanted to add or to, uh, to set up that clip or to even just acknowledge, you know, something, something you learned from this show or something that you felt was significant? So I learned from that episode in particular, as somebody who had a penis and now has a vagina, just quite what it meant to me in that episode. I mean, some of these things are very cathartic to me, and I hope it was educational to everyone else, because I actually got to say, well, hang on a minute, vagina shame isn't just aimed at, well, those with vaginas. People with penises get very ashamed of, you know, what they're sticking their penis into. And that was something that I didn't realize when I go, it went into the episode. But as the episode progresses, like, hang on a minute. When I had a penis, I was very picky about what I stuck my penis into. Mm, yeah, I hear that. Well, uh, let's, uh, let's take a look at that clip. When it comes to genitalia, we all of a sudden become babbling messes of incoherence and we can't say what they are. Labia, vagina, clitoris, vulva, etc., etc., perineum. Why is it these words that are just almost taboo, for goodness sake? And why do we perpetuate these myths onto children at a very young age? Why is it seen as a vulgarity to have accurate and sensible conversations with children when they're learning body parts? We don't teach children inaccurate terms for things intentionally for any other part of the body. You wouldn't call your stomach your, your food digester part or yeah. Or, oh, I'm terribly sorry. I'm just going to put this in my speaking hole. You don't, you don't <laughs> say things like that. That's just nonsense. Yeah. So That's why do we have all of this range of terms that are, you know, even the dog disagrees, are just <laughs> <Sorry>. nonsense? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and, and do we imagine that by doing that, that we're not, you know, alerting children <clears throat> to the fact that this is something shameful. Yes. This is something that we can't discuss. You can't ask questions questions about this you should feel bad about having this on your body you need to cover it up you should never mention again I, what is that going to do when they have questions or if they have a problem that they need to discuss I, or I don't a person is, is a problem for example mm -hmm. this is the kind of things that we all right oh, I yeah rented well there I really yeah rent well there it was an <laughs> always good for rant. it right <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, that was I, uh, also I one was of my not favorites. a part of that episode, and it was uh, I was incredibly proud to hear everything that y'all put together. Uh, it was so nice to not only like take time off, but then to be able to tune in and recognize that you know we had worked to put together this group of people to have this conversation. Uh, I I thought it was excellent. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. We were uh, we were very pleased that that you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> So we, we were going. No, will the will the big boss man will will the big boss man will he approve of yeah. you know, the intimacies that we are going down here and the rabbit holes that we are are coming out with? But that episode, I think, just epitomizes what sex is all about. Mm -hmm. It is about having these free flowing conversations about things which, inside of most religions, are just never spoken about. Mm -hmm. I mean, I grew up in a very conservative Jewish household, and you would never have had a conversation like that with. 
my parents, never with my siblings. Would you have had that kind of conversation? And it would have just been, oh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get you know in real trouble if we have these kinds of conversations. And seeing the representation that we have on the show from people espousing cuddle therapy to people espousing different kinds of Buddhism to people espousing their own individual ways that they're doing their in-person escorting work to people who have no gender at all on this. It's just incredible that we are at the forefront of having these conversations. And it is amazing that we're actually in this part of the progression of human history, only now really going hard on having these conversations. And it is fairly mm -hmm. fantastic that we are the ones doing it. Yeah. Oh, 100%. That's one of the things I loved about that episode too. And many of the other episodes in particular, we'll come on here and get to talking about some topic and it'll remind me of, you know, something that just happened in the news the other day or some mm. conversation that I had with someone in my family recently. And it's really kind of nice to get to discuss these things that are real issues in real people's lives that matter and to talk about them in a way that treats people and these issues as if they matter instead of just brushing them aside. I love that. Yeah, okay. I, uh, I really appreciated early on the opportunity that we had to uh, to not just introduce people to some you know sexy idea that they'd never heard of, uh, but to introduce people to a culture or to an issue that they maybe weren't uh, weren't concerned about, uh, and to put resources out into the world for some of those marginalized communities. Uh, I. Uh, host a lot of the episodes of, uh, of Secular Sexuality, the show notes on my own personal website, at least early on. And so oftentimes I will see like, what are people searching for on Google to come to my website? And one of the things that has consistently come up for like three years plus now is people who are Googling osteogenesis imperfecta and sex because there's so few resources on that specific condition and how to have sex that even my lowly website is drawing in a significant amount of traffic because we were able to cover an idea like that on this show. Uh, it's one of the interviews I'm, I'm most proud of, and uh, I'd love to take a look at that clip of uh, Lex and I discussing how they manage sex with their disability. So when, when it comes to relationships in particular, um, especially in the, you know, physical aspects of relationships, because inevitably any type of romantic relationship, you're going to get to a point. How I assume that you've already addressed most, if not all the issues before you reach that point. Yeah. I mean, you would probably, you know, you're getting hot and heavy and you're suddenly like, okay, wait a second. There's something I have to tell you. And, you yeah. know, have you ever had that situation happen? Yes. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're... Uh, especially after it was in 2013, I got T-boned by a pickup truck. Uh, you know, my body had shifted and moved in certain ways that um, hadn't been the way my body was before. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just to be frank, like intercourse was very different. Um, yeah. It was it was an adjustment. Um, and I do kind of tie that into my disability because I don't know if someone without a brittle bone disease would have been injured as, as bad. Yeah. Um, just to kind of tie that in. It was different. It was a conversation that as an adult, I, my body was had changed. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure how that was going to... I mean, honestly, it did for like a year. Like I didn't know how to really be intimate with somebody. Mm -hmm. um, it really took a while for me to kind of 
like figure out my own body yeah. and all over again to, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then be able to share that with someone well here we are barreling towards the final <laughs> round of calls that we will take on this incarnation of secular sexuality so please pick up that telephone and give us a ring if you are a former host we'd love to hear from you if you're a former person who's called in please call in again and yeah it's just the amazing calls that we have had on this show Show. So if you can call us on 512-202-6561, we will see you after the mid-roll. The, uh, the annual penis festival, at, and they have big penis floats that people carry around on their shoulders. You get uh, penis-shaped lollipops, uh, and, and it's a big turnout. Well, I went hiking last Saturday, and I was in Bastrop, Texas, trying to just enjoy nature, and I kept looking at my phone because I wanted to know what's up with the what's up with the Alaskan UFO thing. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, and that other <laughs> white guy, um, and some other white guys. Uh, <laughs> not these yeah. white guys. Not these. Right. Not these ones. No, 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 no. no. Y'all have no, an accent. Not, right, that don't have an accent. In, in New King James, this though, it does say, I am bringing floodwaters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh, which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. Uh-huh. So right. everything. Right. So God, that's a God right. quote. If God creates people that he knows are not going to be saved, uh, why, why do that if they're just going to be you know, destroyed? All? I do believe that God created a certain people to be saved and God created a certain people to to be damned in hell. Yikes. Well, we are in luck. We do have a caller on the line. We have somebody who has been on this show before. So, Serafina, welcome back to Secular Sexuality. You are live on Secular Sexuality with Phoebe Rose, Miss O'Keefe, and ex-Christian Aaron. Hello! Hello, and how is everyone today? Well, we're feeling Pretty sexy, good. of course. Feeling <laughs> sexy. Feeling really damn sexy on the, you know, curtain call of secular sexuality. So, yeah, what did you want to bring to the table about? Well, for the, why don't you tell the audience, for those who don't know who you are, well, who are you? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I am just an ordinary person who happened to be in the room when we were discussing what we were going to do with this new show, you know, before we even had the name uh, taken from uh, elsewhere. And it was always such a dream to get to be on the show and take calls from people who really, really needed to talk. And just knowing that we were able to make connections like that even from the beginning, was so beautiful, and I miss it. <laughs> and so hearing this final episode is making me all in my feelings. So from your time on the show, what was your biggest takeaway from your time on the show? Oh, gosh, my biggest takeaway um, was that the crew and the call screeners are just the most amazing thing to have in the world because so much goes on back there, you know, that no no one gets to see, but it's all the hard work 
that makes the show what it is. I'm glad that you brought that up because we will acknowledge them later in the show, but it's so true that this is a huge production. Everything that gets you know put on these shows, there's so many people who are volunteering behind the scenes. Uh, there's a lot of work that kind of goes in behind the scenes. Uh, the host, the planning, uh, Christy in particular, just constantly amazes me with how uh, on top of it <laughs> he is with uh, planning all of our topics and everything. And you know sometimes things don't always go exactly as planned, just like you know the topic of sex in general. Sometimes things go a little um not as planned but i mean it's just amazing how well uh everybody has come together to make this a, a thing for the last five six years um i know myself i have uh I, I've listened to most of the episodes, but there's still more for me to go back and, and watch before I was a part of the show. Um, so I thank you, Serafina, for being a part of it, too, because those those um, episodes are still there and they're still helping people. Right. So, Serafina, you've got the floor at the moment. Tell us three and the audience what you want everyone to remember about either your time on the show or secular sexuality as a whole. I want everyone to remember that this was a place where we could tackle issues that no one else would tackle for an audience that was largely unreached for this sort of uh, subject. And just the brilliance and amazement that came from that connection. That's what I want people to remember. And is there anything that you think that you'd like to see in the reboot of Secular Sexuality when it does come back? What would you like to see the new brand spanking Secular Sexuality? Because I mean, we're all talking about the end, but we are going to be coming back after a hiatus. What would you like to see and how would you like it to look? Oh, you know, Flash and... Uh, special effects everywhere. That'd be great. <laughs> Brand new look. Is this a clean up? Are we going to have to get a clean up in Texas now, Serafina? Is it going to be a clean up in Texas now? <laughs> We're going to break the drought. That's that's all I know. <laughs> well, I just want to chime in uh, while we have Serafina on the line to acknowledge uh, one of the things that I will remember most about this show was how incredibly nervous it made me, especially early on uh, when we were trying to figure out the technique the technical aspects of everything else. Uh, and Serafina, I just want to thank you for how uh, calming and reassuring and kind of a, a backbone in those really early days with uh, with me and Megan that you were. And I, I'm so glad that you called in tonight. I really, really appreciate everything that uh, that we did together uh, in those first couple of years. I couldn't not just Seeing the seeing the ad for the show, I just had to call in, and uh, <laughs> I'm so glad to hear your time now. Thank you all mm -hmm. so much. Uh, all right, well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. as I'm, you know, designated cool person, Cara, Christy, Misso, Aaron, what was your favorite call from the history of Sekek? What was your favorite call? Oh, <laughs> that's a good question. It's like oh, I, I don't know if I have one in particular right off the top of my off of my head, but I know that. Um, I I, I I sometimes would try to predict what the call would be about when the you know the, when they first get, get going, and I remember just being always like constantly surprised with where these topics would go. And whatever call it was, seeing people connecting um, on either side of the of the conversation was my favorite part. So I mean, all of them, but I don't have one in particular that I have ready for us <laughs> to watch tonight. I just I love that human aspect of um, calling in and finding a little bit of comfort or uh, 
answers to your questions or maybe some resources on the other end of the call. That's that's always been my favorite part. But speaking of clips, I'm reliably informed that we do have a clip lined up and we're going to embarrass Cara now because this is apparently Cara's favorite clip and it's about sexual submissiveness and femininity. So yeah, let's roll that clip. The things that we are afraid of are very much the things that we play around with and very often the things that we eroticize. And so it makes sense to me that if you are at a moment in your life where you are coming to terms with your gender and beginning to access your femininity, that that powerful, beautiful, powerful thing could also be really fucking scary. And that you would want to eroticize that and play with that a little bit because playing with something in a like non-dangerous, outside of the real world kind of way, that's how we gain a sense of mastery over it. That's how we get comfortable with it is when we do it naked and sillyly and in our bedrooms alone or with the people that we can be intimate and trusting with. That's our opportunity to goof around before we are obligated to take those things seriously and to be more responsible about the way we see gender. How does that land with any of y'all? Yeah, I I love that, uh, Christy. I think you you answered it the best. You're you're the expert here. Um, but I I'll throw in a book recommendation because uh, I feel like that's that's what I'm here for. <laughs> I read this book in grad school called Techniques of Pleasure by Margot Weiss, and it's an ethnographic study of a BDSM community in I think San Francisco, uh, and they sort of interrogate this issue in one of the chapters and she kind of goes into this explanation of how you know feminist theorists have argued over this very topic uh i love that you mentioned judith butler i can imagine uh, christy <laughs> yeah and and there's kind of this uh this sort of um split where you have uh some of the the older guard feminists uh that will you know take this this sort of tone that oh yeah that's it's you know denigrating towards women if you're being submissive in the bedroom and you know we need to you know have a project of you know separating femininity from submissiveness and you know that's all fine and well but then you have the other side of the argument which is um what's wrong with enjoying sex the way you like it if mm -hmm. you're doing something that is fun for you how is it, you know, empowering women to say, you're not allowed to do that thing that you enjoy. You should just not enjoy sex instead as a political statement. Yeah, you know? as a political statement. <laughs> right. Like, if you want to do that, fine, I guess. But I don't think you mm -hmm. need to. I would like to stay there. Yeah. It's more complicated for me being trans because mm -hmm. there's that, that little anxiety that I'm manufacturing my the things that I see as feminine. Like, mm -hmm. but isn't that what we all do? Yeah. So I, I was thinking something kind of similar. I like that you both have such a good like educational background to like add to it. I will add my non-trained uh, comments to it. Um, what I I think mm -hmm. I'm noticing about the, this whole kind of topic is like we it's it is really good to like kind of dig into the weeds of like the um, kind of intellectualized like like what's going on here and when did this move 
movement start and when did we start trying to take these two things and separate them but i think i keep going back to like the original wording that you had in your call is that you have the sense of shame and like mm -hmm. maybe like really connecting with like what does that feeling what does that feel like to you and even if we step back from like what the actual um you know this disconnection or this connection that between submissiveness and femininity um and kind of deal with some of that shame that you're having because ultimately like what is that shame doing like what is it saying for you like is it a feeling of not good enough or that you're not doing it right or something like that um i i'm just connecting to that part of it that like the sense of shame is brutal it's it's very hard to deal with and i think overcoming shame depending on how you break it down into topic of it um and define it um the shame is an actual real powerful emotion that we have to kind of process and deal with mm -hmm. yeah so how does that how does that land for you how does that uh sound like sort of what we uh are trying to do here well, you know, what I loved about that call, um, aside from the fact that we got to speak to someone about, you know, an issue that was really bothering them, and the fact that I got to give a book recommendation, because I just really <laughs> get turned on by books. It's a thing. I'm sorry, y'all. You're but... a real bookworm. You're just a worm sticking your head out of that book going, this is a sexy book, read me. Yes, yes, exactly. I, I would just, I, I would love to just live in a book and just feel like that scene from uh, one of those movies where he's like, I just, I just want to like roll you up into a little ball and just stuff you inside. <laughs> anyway, um, I digress. <laughs> what I, I liked about that call was that, um, you know, when we have hosts that come from different backgrounds, you know, we have Christy, who's obviously an expert in sex and relationships and doing therapy. Um, and then I have my own set of readings that I've done. And then Erin brought her life experiences as well and her insights. And we get to respond to these questions from a lot of different perspectives. And I just thought it was great that we were able to all kind of give a give a perspective on it. I hope it was helpful to the person who called. I, I feel like I learned a lot. I, I hope other people did. But I, I love that that we get to hear so many perspectives on the show and people describing, you know, their situation that may be a situation that that other people who are watching the show have never even considered before. And I think that's also an important piece of what we do here, which is bringing, you know, to the surface, to the public, if you will, issues that affect people that are important to people that some people may not have realized or ever put much thought to. And we get to sit here and discuss them in detail and pontificate and bring up obscure book recommendations sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that we are able to just bring a little bit of attention to some of these issues because we are so isolated when it comes to our sexuality. We, we, not only because of the shame and guilt that we feel, but we don't really talk about it in most social circumstances. Uh, most folks are in a monogamous relationship of some sort of stripe. And that being the case, your sex life kind of really becomes for, I think, most people something that only them and like maybe a few other small people in their lives have any information about or any understanding of. And so to be able to talk to a wide range of people, help people feel a little bit less isolated and bring some compassion towards all of these different communities. I mean, recently we got to learn about uh, Miss World Bear competition. You know, we've gotten to speak to people who uh, have a sex life largely centered around a silicone doll. You know, we have spoken to people in caregiver 
little relationships, as well as uh, just so many different dynamics, so many different ways to be. And I recognize that, you know, if you tune into an episode about being uh, about trans rights, for instance, or about uh, some like very specific niche culture, that may not be you. But I think if we can bring a little bit of uh, attention to all of that and start to recognize our common humanity, start to recognize that, okay, there is something of me in a lady bear. There is something of me in a pet player. And whether or not those are like my things, just kind of reconnecting our sexuality to our, our culture and to our attention and conversation. I, I'll tell you, it, it definitely also makes people feel incredibly uncomfortable, which is uh, something that I've just enjoyed doing for most of my life. As I say, the Chris, thing that struck statist. me the most when I was on was that people would kind of like seek me out when I was back on the show. Mm. So I'd always have Ashley call in. Ashley was like, guarantee it, every time I was on, Ashley from uh, West Virginia, she'd call in. Wouldn't matter. I was on the show, Ashley would call in. And I'd get to have these longer conversations with people that call back in and call back in and call back in and call back in. And it was just fantastic to have this place, this safer space. And I've seen it with other callers on different hosts that were here, different co-hosts that were here and so on. But people found it a place they were comfortable to pick up their phone and speak to us and go, yeah, we can have these chats with these internet strangers because these internet strangers have said, here is a hand, come and grab hold of it and have a chat. And I think that was amazing because people would call in over and over again. And it meant that we were doing something that was fairly amazing because we were quite open to it going, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And bringing a, a diversity of people together. Uh, but I also always appreciated the uh, diversity of guests and the different takes uh, that we could get from different sorts of people. Uh, I'll tell you what, they've got another clip I want to set up in just a moment, uh, but why don't we go ahead and jump back onto the phone? So Phoebe, do you have somebody for me? I, I, I might do. This person, I'm not quite sure how to describe this, this Scotsman, but this true Scotsman, hello, Richard Gilliver. Hello, Phoebe Rose. How are you? <laughs> you are live on the final episode of Secular Sexuality. You are I, live. When I was pregnant with my first child. I had a lady come on. I am. Oh. I'm very nervous. I, uh, I'm, 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 you are live with Cara, Christy, Giant. and Erin. Uh, oh, this, this somebody mentioned in the chat earlier on that this was the kind of premier show of this type, and it's absolutely true. This is this has done so much for so many people, and you know, I'm I'm a I'm a cis het man with two kids. Uh, you know, and you sometimes feel in that position that you're not the target audience for this kind of show. But I've learned so much. So, so much from watching this show and listening, uh, you know. And a, a couple of years ago, when I first started volunteering with the ACA, I, I, kind of like, I got people's pronouns wrong all the time. And, you know, I, you know, I was uh, identifying people as they uh, they physically presented rather than as that from their chosen pronouns and stuff. And just things like that. I've learned so much over the years just listening to this show and, you know, having that education and uh, from these great, great wholesome people. And like, you know, one of my favorite shows was just a couple of weeks ago. And I think Christy's just mentioned it with the Miss World Bear. And just things like that will open your eyes in so many aspects of, of things that you think you understand. 
you know, to to me, beds were always just big, you know, cuddly guys, gay guys, and the the there was anything other than that. Is is just so like eye opening, and having that education presented on the show is that's what this show is here for, and it, it's done so much for people like me who kind of I I grew I was born in the seventies in a steel town, you know what I mean, and it's uh it's just so kind of educating for everybody. Uh, no matter what background they're from. I mean, even if you are Scottish, we'll let you off on, on that. One. <laughs> this English perspective, we'll let you off on this southern English woman. We'll let off this northern dwelling English parts of the country. We'll let you off on that one. But it's a pleasure to know that this show has helped you. And it's a pleasure to know that you're now comfortable with yourself to sit down and do episodes of the non-profits with me. And you will still not be taking my throne. You can be whatever you like. <laughs> But that throne is mine, mister. And you're going to fight me I, to the death. I wouldn't dream of trying to take your... I don't think I could take your throne if I even wanted to. <laughs> but what would you say, Richard, to say... I'm going to be very English and very stereotypical and very British. You're down the pub, you're having a pint after work, and cis-het man married two kids, and you mentioned this show. What would you say to get that person to tune in and just watch the show? How would you sell the show? Absolutely. You know, people need educating, I think. And, and you know, that's that's premier, my kind of premier thing, pushing education on all sorts of levels. And, and just sitting down. And if you're sitting down in a pub having a pint with someone and, you know, you're just sat very comfortable. And, and in this country, you do hear kind of lots of uh, offensive language around people. And you just challenge them and just say, you know what? I've actually got a recommendation for you, sir. There's, there's, there's this wonderful show that's on where you can learn all about your ignorance. You know, please, you know, please listen, please go watch. I've been heavily promoting this show in the last couple of days for this episode. And I have come across that kind of, you know, you know, there were a couple of people just yesterday when I was doing the live stream uh, talking about trans, trying to talk about trans people. And, you know, so just I've just pointed them in the direction of this show. This is this is what this show is for, educating people. And it's what people, you know, some people do need that education. And even people like me who've always kind of considered themselves an ally, I've always also been very, very ignorant and, and just not had the, you know, the education that I need to talk to people properly and use the correct pronouns and, and use, you know, language which is inclusive. Uh, due to my background, I grew up in a kind of a time when a trans person was derogatory, known as a tranny. It was just a man dressed up as a woman. And, you know, we've, we've had some great storylines on British TV, as Phoebe probably knows over the years, where these issues have tried to be addressed. But that was like that going back 20 years and we still got so much work to do. And I think mm -hmm. this is why shows like this are so, so important for people. Yeah. You know, Phoebe, you're uh, kind of asking that hypothetical question about recommending the show or something. And uh, I'll always be proud of a story that uh, Nate Smith told about uh, playing a, you know, playing over the speaker on a job site, one of our episodes, and then that leading to a conversation and a opening up and uh, somebody coming out of the closet that previously had not felt comfortable doing that at work and sort of that being the beginning of somebody somewhere getting to live their like 
actual true identity out in the world. Honestly, you know, it's cheesy to say, but if it happens just once, it feels it feels worthwhile, right? I love that. Yes, 100%. And also shout out to Nate and his pink hard hat that he wore to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's I a way to be an ally that. on a job site. Yes, wow. it's great to have allies on job sites. And, <laughs> and you're right, Christy, this is a place where we can talk about issues that maybe people listening or people who would like to be listening or will listen in the future, you know, aren't having those conversations out loud with anybody else. And some of the topics that we talk about, if you were to Google them, you're going to fall down a hole on the internet that might sure. go to a dark place. Yeah. And it's it's hard to, to get good information about some of these issues. And that's one of the things that I just think is great about this is it's a place to talk about things without judgment and to help people feel like they're valid humans and there's not something wrong with them. They're a regular person. <laughs> person and this is fine and i i think that is so valuable i mean i i have to say too this is one of the few places where i get correctly gendered and you know correctly pronoun and so yay thank you <laughs> it's helpful to me see, as well it's useful really down here you see down here it's very useful yes it does help can i just like, i'm relating a lot to i'm relating, relating a lot to richard and with your kind of your framework of coming at it too because i i a lot of my own life, my role, my uh, identities I ha hasn't changed since a long time ago, but I had a lot to learn still, even though I like same, same kind of thing. I'm married with two kids. Um, I may have thought to myself that there wasn't as much for me to learn in this show, or maybe I can just tune in for the stuff that I already know I'm curious about, but tuning in every week and um, seeing, having the visibility of people that I care about and getting to know more about um, their own stories, their own learning terminology, like you said, like these things that I didn't even know I was ignorant of. I think that's one of the the most important things that I've taken away um, as first uh, just an audience member and, you know, eventually getting involved with the show as a sex enthusiast myself. Um, <laughs> the show has something for everybody, um, even if you don't think you're interested in it. Like there's something about the topics that just draw you in because it's it's, it's people's lives and it's, it's just there's something about it. It's really been special to be a part of. I think like that's one of the things with shows like this, like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm cishet, so I don't. Yeah have any business even tuning in to like shows which would like are queer spaces I guess is one way of describing it but it's um that's not how like empathy or understanding is built and I think that's something that we're seeing as a problem at the moment like I've seen so many things that I I, I am uh, I'm not a pursuer of sexual things <laughs> let's say uh so like seeing all of this stuff to me is like it's this whole other um experience and world that it's outside of mine uh but it's in you know other people's and you get to understand if you understand where people are coming from it makes things a lot less alien or strange and i think it makes it a lot easier to have conversations like when you have someone to say something bigoted in a pub like i've i have had some uh, conversations with family members i did not think we're going to make a difference that ended up making a difference and some of those were from um you know hearing people's stories on this show because it humanizes the experience it's not just you know a terminology and um definition i think people get stuck in that but there's no 
you don't see the humanity behind it. So with the show like this, you get to eat the people and the experiences and it, it connects it to a more, um, I guess, human level. And I think like that's important for literally everybody, even if it's like a granddad who's super cishet and has been living wherever. Like everybody needs to know this stuff. Otherwise, nobody can relate to things and it's easier to get, you know, misinformation or fear baited or whatever else. And I wish more people who were saying dumb shit at pubs would tune in. <laughs> As someone who has been to many pubs and overheard much dumb shit, like it would be fantastic. <laughs> and on a on a, a best case scenario, maybe they'll they'll learn something that actually does apply to them, and they are you know they had that opportunity to discover that for themselves too, which is kind of what happened to me in a lot of ways. So, <laughs> so all I will say to you, Richard, as we bring this pint to its conclusion, I'm assuming you're a pint drinker. You, you you have that kind of vibe, and the 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 southern English woman would expect you know somebody dwelling in the north of england to be you know proper bitter drinker you're not a very bitter man and it's probably <laughs> gone down very smoothly this point but thank you for the contributions you've made and yeah is there any one sentence you'd like to wrap the call up on i, I would just encourage people to you know if, if if they feel that they are ignorant in any way because you know we, we were i think a lot of people are aware of their ignorances but don't really uh, want to address them and I think, you know, if you're, if you are, if you do feel you're ignorant in any way, seek out those communities to learn from. I think that's a very important point to, to kind of push forward. You know, go and meet, if, if you've, if you've never met a trans person, go and talk to a trans person and, you know, get to learn from them. That's how you learn speaking to the people in those communities. They're not going to eat you. You will be quite safe with them. But what I would say is don't look for the big sign that says trans person here. It doesn't exist. And on that note, <laughs> thank you, Richard. And we have one more call on the line. And we have Jonathan from Florida. Pronouns are he, him. Hello, Jonathan. You are live on the finale of Secular Sexuality. You are live with Erin, Miss O'Kiss, Phoebe, Cara, and Christy. What are you going to say to us all? I just wanted to thank you all. Um, I've been following the show for some time. I am a, a member of the ACA. And I'm also uh, very active on Discord. And I have seen many of you. Um, actually, uh, I, I also sit in every once in a while on the uh, Recovery from Religion um, uh, shows on Monday, um, talks. And I have found that uh, this particular show has educated me immensely. Um, as a gay man, you know, I know a lot about the gay community, but I was clueless literally clueless about just about anything else. Um, you know, uh, I always considered my, just like Richard was saying, even though he's uh, cishet, um, I didn't interact with, um, I had some interaction with the lesbian community, but that was about it. And the few trans people I met, it was like, hi, how are you? You doing well? And that was it. Um, so I never learned about the uh, the culture or the people until I got involved with the ACA, which I expected to be a lot of education around atheism. But I found the resources and the people involved were much, much more um, than that. And uh, speaking of Richard, Richard has taught me an awful lot. So, um, you know, just himself as well. So, uh, you know, the people involved are amazing. And uh, I'm going to miss this show incredibly because I catch it every week. And Christy is 
amazing, an amazing man. And uh, so I just, uh, I wanted, you all are amazing, actually. I'm, I'm rather starstruck, oh. especially especially with uh, the kind of lineup you have tonight. It's like a little bit of fanboying out here. I'm starting to babble. Oh, oh gosh. I have to agree. <laughs> I have to agree with you, Jonathan. Christy is fantastic. Christy yes. is just wonderful. But then again, so is Aaron, and so is Kara, and so is, <laughs> yeah. you know, Miss Okist. And, and, and of course I am as well. I'm, I just have to say that I am oh, as yeah. well. Totally lovely. <laughs> that goes without saying. We're all wonderful. We're all wonderful. <laughs> her work is amazing oh thank you i'm so glad to hear that you've been enjoying recovering from religion and the rfrx program that is that is also continuing so yeah i, I got to join and uh, you have a lot to be proud of everything you've accomplished there they do really really great work uh and jonathan i just really appreciate you uh yeah taking a, a moment to acknowledge the impact here very much of an impact and i think in a lot more people than than any of us realize. So, so anyway, go ahead. I, I talk over people. It's funny. <laughs> but I was just going to ask Jonathan. I was just going to ask Jonathan. Well, as we're going on hiatus, what would you like the show to look like when it comes back? <laughs> I did this in the chat. Glitter, lots of glitter. <laughs> glitter, glitter bombs. All right, all right. That's an aesthetic yes, we should explore. Bombs. I think I'm here no for it. Taken. Or, oh, also, also, I think um, uh, that. Uh, um, another one of our uh, my favorite people, Kelly Laughlin, came up with the bigotry duck, and everybody should have a bigotry duck. I like that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so is this is this a bigoted duck that just has like an Aflacky type voice and says offensive things? Because I kind of hate that, but a little bit of me loves it in like a violent video game scenario. I don't know. <laughs> No, it's a, it's like a, um, well, he had one there uh, when he was live in, in Austin, but it's a, um, it's a duck that uh, whenever somebody's being bigoted, you can squeeze it. And go <laughs> Better. Okay. So it's an anti-bigotry duck. I, yeah. Anti-bigotry duck. Yeah. I'll, I'll let <laughs> Kelly explain it sometime. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, bigotry duck would be nice too. Does this anti-bigotry duck have to be used in the bath? Do we use the anti-bigotry duck in the bath? That's the next question. I, I think we need well, to thank you for letting that. me talk to you. This has been great. And uh, uh, keep up the good work in other projects. And when you come back, uh, you'll definitely have somebody like me uh, sitting here uh, calling you in, uh, calling in to just, you know, chatter with you. So, <laughs> Well, you're invited have a, have a good to evening. the next show. Well, it. Thank you, Jonathan. And thank you to all of our callers, not just tonight, but over all of the years that secular sexuality has been running. And I'd just like to throw the floor open to everybody. What is your absolute number one takeaway from the call? You know, I'll jump in first, if I may, and then get out of the way. Uh, we had a call very early on where somebody called in with a incredibly uh, complex sort of domestic violence-y, uh, trans-denying-y type circumstance. And, you know, it was just a bunch of atheists sitting in a studio staring at a camera trying to think of like, well, we're not we're not equipped to fix this. We're not equipped to offer a solution to this problem. Uh, and 
a few months later, and then again, a few years later, we heard back that, yeah, a fix, a solution wasn't what was being asked for, wasn't what was needed. It was a little bit of conversation, of camaraderie, of just the compassion of sitting with somebody in a situation like that that made me realize that shit like this matters, that it can work. You know, it can feel very much like we are just sort of like shouting out into the abyss, please stop being bigots. And then the abyss likes to shout back, ah, no, racism, bigotry, like it's done. So don't worry about it. And and to just realize that, yeah, something that we work on here actually can have some sort of impact on the world made me not just want to do this show, but maybe want to actually care about volunteering, about doing things and about uh, taking working on this planet that we all share as as something of a priority. Uh, but but please, uh, let me turn it over. I think, Aaron, you had something you want to jump in with? Oh, I, I'm, I'm happy to go next. Um, I think that um, the one of the biggest takeaways I have from all of the calls here is that you don't necessarily know uh, the bubbles that you're in, maybe. Uh, so part of, I mean, not everybody in this show was a Christian or, or Muslim or even religious at all before they kind of came to the community of the atheist, the atheist community of Austin. Um, I, I did. And so I had a lot of learning to do in this big like I didn't realize how many bubbles I was in <laughs> and so I think this show what it has represented for me and all the calls is people kind of actively constructing or reconstructing um, their own lives for themselves whether they uh, deconstruct it first but my biggest takeaway is that you do that in community with people and so calling a stranger on the internet and having that back and forth the best way to kind of grow and you know learn about yourself and get outside your comfort and outside your bubbles is to do it in community and you know we've had lots of times where we don't get to be in person but we've got this thing the internet where we can contact each other and so seeing people connecting from all over the world seeing hosts from different countries getting together and uh i think that's just like something that was really important for me to witness and then be a part of i mean just just looking at this shot there's three people here one is in canada one is a brit in america and one is a very english english woman here <laughs> and i think that's another thing that this show does show that, that this is a global community we are from all around what is mainly the English-speaking Western Hemisphere. But we do get calls from Israel, Germany, Poland, all over the place we've got calls from. And the calls that I will always remember when I have sat and just listened to episodes on my long and boring commute along the very dull A roads and M roads of southern England are those ones where you just go, huh, that is something I have never considered before in my life. And you hear topics on things you've never considered before in your life. It's like Christy mentioned, the uh, having sex with a doll episode, having a relationship with a doll. Okay, I'll admit it. Before I went into that, I would have giggled my head off. <laughs> but after that, it was like, oh, hang on. This is something that I shouldn't be ridiculing. I'm only ridiculing it because I'm coming at it from a place of it. And each one of those calls and each one of those topics, and each one of those calls on those did a little bit in my brain. And I hope it did a little bit in everyone else's brain to just, you know, chip away at that wall of ignorance that we all have. And it's just fantastic that these calls have helped us to have these conversations that we would never have had. And some of these calls have become full-blown episodes of secular sexuality, and that is very fantastic. I think, like, oh, sorry, um, if I can. Okay, um, like, I want to harken back a little bit to your earlier point about, like, the return callers. And one of the things that I think this show really highlights is that, um, like, gender and sexuality 
is very much a journey. I I know when I'm like talking to a lot of younger people, especially like in like in the ACE communities, people have this like idea that like I am 15. I have to have it figured out. I need to know if I'm a boy, a girl, neither. Mm-hmm. If, and I'm like, you don't, you will figure it out eventually. Like I remember, um, like we had some of the calls where people come back and you get to see like the beginning of someone's journey of like realizing something about themselves. And then they come back and you get like this update. And I really, one of the things I love about this show is like those journeys, like when people do come back and it goes from like a curious question to like a eureka moment. And I always think that's kind of amazing. Like I remember one story, it wasn't from here, but it was about about a woman who found out she was asexual in her 80s and it was like this like aha moment and I'm like yeah took her to her eight to figure it out like everybody is a work in progress the whole time whether it's you've been sheltered from uh from like a lot of subjects through religion or a very conservative background or just lack of access to ideas um and I find it fascinating watching everybody kind of um I don't know get, figure their stuff out and grow on their journeys <laughs> yeah oh. and I that reminds me I wanted to follow up on that you know we've congratulated ourselves on being awesome but also <laughs> So I really wanted to thank all of the people who called in over the years with really interesting questions that actually sparked all of these conversations that we're referring to. And, you know, for having the courage to call into a public show and ask a bunch of strangers personal questions that could be deeply embarrassing or bringing up, you know, shame or or traumatic past events and everything else, that takes a lot, you know? Um, <laughs> I appreciate that people were willing to do that and to help us think through things in new ways. And uh, also, I agree. I love it when people call back and give us updates on what's mm-hmm. going on and let us see the progress. And also, I, I have to give credit too to you know the large number of people that shared resources with us that were amazing. For example, I'm telling on myself now, I had never seen the show Big Mouth for years until someone mentioned it. And I'm like, how did I miss this? How how did I not know about this? What am I doing with my life? And, you know, you know, if you reach one person, no, wait. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I just wanted to say thanks to everybody that that made the show possible by calling in and talking to us about really interesting things. So thank you. Yeah. Well, and (gasps) before we uh, set up the uh, the last clip of the night, I guess I wanted to just acknowledge how proud I am of a lot of the people who have come through here and I'll, you know, get weepy and and say some of my thanks there at the end. Uh, But specifically, everybody who has been on the show this season uh, and everybody who is here tonight is somebody that we got to interview before, you know, bringing them onto the show. There was somebody who is from the community rather than just, I want to be an atheist on camera. We were all folks who are part of this mission and that we're willing to volunteer their time about their areas of expertise before we brought everybody together in this way. And I, um, you know, as a therapist, I have kind of, you know, blushed a couple of times throughout the years as people talk about me as some sort of expert. And yeah, I read a lot of books as well as I can, but I'm I'm a clinician. You know, I have kind of a, a narrow range of what I am able to offer from a professional standpoint. Standpoint. And so when we have this incredibly diverse group of people to have these conversations with, those callers that are calling in from all over the world are getting to interact with all kinds of different people. 
Uh, one of my favorite ones of those interactions was a uh, episode that we did with uh, Sinsage and Amberly Rothfield, where Amberly got to say all of the things that I could never really say that really, I think, make bodily autonomy as, as clear and concise as it could possibly be. Uh, if we're ready, let's uh, let's go ahead and show that clip. I, when I was pregnant with my first child, I had a lady come up to me and put her hands on my belly and start rubbing. And I didn't think, I just got so mad. I, I kind of feel bad for this, but I just reached out and grabbed her boobs and squeezed. <laughs> And yeah. she looked that's at me like the, that's, that's how it feels. Thing. That's that how it the feels. Perfect thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, Amberly, do not feel bad for that. That was <laughs> that was the thing you were supposed to do. That was the thing I was supposed to. But yeah, yes. and she jumped back and she was like, What are you doing? You're assaulting me. And I was like, Oh, I just thought it was an appropriate touch day. Right. Like yeah. that was a holiday. Like, this is what yeah. we do today. Yeah. And she's like, I was rubbing your belly. There's a baby in there. And I was like, A, you didn't know that. B, yeah. don't Fair touch me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's still my body. And uh, even mm -hmm. if it was my baby, it doesn't mean you can reach out and touch my fucking baby either. Pretty much. Pretty much. All right. Well, I uh, I hate to sit here and just uh, read to the camera, but I will be way too choked up if I try and say this any other way. So before we wrap up tonight, I wanted to offer not just my sincere gratitude, but also, if I may, my very real plea to everybody listening. You know, over the past five years, secular sexuality has been a remarkable opportunity for me to learn so much about the world of gender and sexuality, to meet and introduce the internet and my community, the atheist community of Austin and the world beyond, to so many different ways to find love and erotic expression and emotional intimacy and connection. Uh, I want to sincerely thank a number of people at the ACA, and I feel bad about all the people that I have to leave out, but need to make sure to mention Vern Grainer for always believing in this show, and Greg James and Katie Stewart for working tirelessly and putting up with me to try and execute my disorganized vision, uh, as well as our incredible crew members, more people that I can count, and people that I am proud to continue working with. Uh, I want to say thank you in particular to folks who aren't here tonight who contributed on screen. Megan Bonner and Serafina Smith, we got to speak to. Uh, Jenna Belk and Rudy B, Laura McGee, Puck, Nate Smith, Amberly Rothfield, uh, Sensage, Jason, Mark, and Malty, and all of the other people here with us tonight. All of these hosts we seen tonight are folks who guested on the show first, and it has made me so proud to meet each of you along the way. And finally, I do want to stress that this isn't the end for secular sexuality, or at least the ACA's enduring mission to develop and support atheist community, to provide opportunities for socialization and friendship, to promote atheist viewpoints, to encourage a positive atheist culture, to defend the First Amendment principle of separation of religion and government, to oppose discrimination against atheists, and to work with other organizations in pursuit of common goals, including including the protection and the free expression of gender, love, and sexuality in all of its form. Uh, no doubt we will be back on the air in some form or fashion, and perhaps as early as this summer. But if you've stuck with us this far, let me just take a moment to encourage you to consider the importance of that mission in this moment in the world. You know, our rights to love and marry have never been fully established into law and are increasingly threatened. 
our bodily autonomy and freedoms of expression are being routinely barked down by RRL trolls and armed protesters. Our marginalized community members are receiving vitriolic hate, not just from the darkest corners of the internet, but from the broadest parts of our entertainment and our cultural and political discourse. Uh, this show is sadly taking a moment to step back at a time in the world where purity culture and puritanical ideas of love, life, and freedom are being enforced with increasing violence. Thank you most of all to everyone who has watched and called in and donated and, and been a part of our community and for being a part of our small effort to fight back against that. Uh, please do not let this be the end of your fight. I, I know it won't be the end of ours. And uh, yeah, with that, I would love to see everybody's smiling faces and uh, take a moment to, I suppose, say goodnight. Thank you for that, Christy. I, and everyone else that's uh, waving on the screen right now. Uh, before we go to the end here, I do want to um, acknowledge other ways that people have um, been a part of the show, everybody who's donated and helped make this production happen as well. Um, it takes a lot of a lot of resources to make these things happen. And while we do take this hiatus, it, there is still uh, merchandise that's available for people who want to continue to support this vision. And obviously, uh, things are going to be a little bit different in the future, but there is this uh, branded merch that is a, now a limited, uh, limited time offer. So get it before it goes. <laughs> away um at, before um oh before i forget we also did want to acknowledge that we had a super chat so that is going to be something going forward too another way to donate directly to the, these programs uh we had a super chat from clit liquor so <laughs> thank you for that long time <laughs> fan long time contributor yeah. i always see you in the chat thank you so very much for and uh, i love i loved hearing that in the canadian accent it was, it was, yes it was lovely <laughs> So that's going to be another way that you can uh, support these programs going forward too. So keep your eye out for chances to uh, contribute in that way. And please do keep up with us here at the Atheist Community of Austin. You can always email uh, email us at sex at atheist-community.org or email the ACA directly at tv at atheist-community.org. You can keep up with everything going on at the Atheist Community um, of Austin at the website. Uh, the website has been revamped recently. And so there's definitely stuff on there to get to check out um, and just keep in the loop with whatever happens with this, this program going forward. Uh, send us your comments and questions and suggestions if you have something uh, that you would like to see going forward. Um, last but not least, this this probably the thing that I wanted to stress the most is thank you to our crew. Let's mm -hmm. bring up our crew camp. It's actually they're up there already. And now that I see it, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, crew. Uh, thank you. Things, things don't always go the way we planned, but we did it. We're here, and we're. I'm so happy that we all got to spend this time together. And thank you so much for all the work and stress and all of the things that you put into the show as well. And to my fellow hosts and co-hosts, and to Christy in particular. Uh, thank you so much for everything you've done with this with this and it's been really it's been really great and really special and i can't wait to see what happens uh going forward yeah well i managed to make it all the way through i've only <laughs> cried on camera on this show once and it was uh a year ago actually uh the anniversary of our uh state attorney general sort of turning all of their barrels towards trans kids and so i guess i just want to continue to echo that there is so much work more to be done. We will definitely be back to do it. We're very uh, grateful for everything that uh, that 
that has happened here and all of the wonderful people that we've met along the way. And while I'm still keeping my streak alive, uh, I guess this is uh, certainly not the last time that I hope any of you do this, but maybe for me, one more time, I want to ask each of you to remember Daryl Ray's mandate and everything that he put in motion when he started this show and taught all of us so much about the importance of self-acceptance, of embracing our sexuality. So do it. Go ahead and give yourself a big ol' orgasm. Or better yet, give somebody else. Outro. Have you ever wanted to be a host on an ACA show or be the one calling the shots behind the scenes? Are you in Austin, Texas, or at least Austin adjacent? Well, on Saturday, February 25th, make your way down to the Free Thought Library because we'll be holding open auditions for show hosts and orientations for prospective crew members. For those wanting to be hosts, you'll be able to sit in the studio where our shows are broadcast and we'll put you through your paces to see if you can be one of the new personalities of the ACA. For future crew members, you'll get hands-on experience using the equipment used for broadcast and will help us record the host auditions. If you've ever dreamed of being part of the ACA Productions, then this is your chance to show us what you've got. This event is free. For more information and registration, visit tiny.cc slash ACA Auditions. So long and thanks for all the shows.